Executive Director. A very good afternoon to you, Mr. Haywood, and thank you so much for speaking to us. Were you satisfied with the report, its findings and its recommendations? Yes, uh, Section 27 is satisfied. It's a long report. We are still studying the report, so you know we, we have to go through it very, very carefully. But certainly what has been presented today by Professor Mahoba in terms of his investigation, the truth that he has uncovered about the numbers of people dying, the circumstances of their death, the culpability and involvement of the Department of Health in bringing about causing those deaths, uh, brings truth and brings light to bear on this horrible situation. It's not over yet because justice must still be done. The resignation of the MEC is necessary, but it's not uh, sufficient. Hmm. When you say maybe it's not over, obviously the health ombudsman himself said uh, there's still many others that they have to look into. In your view, what still needs to happen? Well, a a lot of things need to happen. You know, 1,300 people were moved out of that health facility. An unknown number of them are still in facilities that are probably not providing adequate, suitable care. So there are still people in danger. Uh, Those people need to be identified. They need to be moved to safe facilities where they get proper care. They need to be looked after properly. If they have suffered, they need to be rehabilitated. The families need to be cared for and to be to, to be have their dignity respected. The families need compensation. That's one of the things that they, they want. And then, of course, there's a host of legal issues around this that must still be unpacked and worked out. Because when people uh, die unlawfully, and Professor Mahoba himself used those, his, those words, that these were unlawful deaths, the law requires that somebody be held uh, accountable for those deaths, that we know who was the cause of the deaths or what was the cause of the death. So there's a long way to go. This is a, you know, this is a tragedy that is akin in scale to the Marikana massacre, uh, and we know how that massacre has affected our society over many years to come. So I'm very sorry that this is possibly just one chapter in getting to the bottom of this. Mr. Hayward, from um, the preliminary investigations that you did, and um, unfortunately I didn't have enough time to ask Professor Macho about this, because for for some it's still not yet clear that who approached whom here. Did the NGOs offer their services? We know that the Gauteng uh, Health Department terminated its uh, contract with Life Estimeni, but then what happened? Did they um, actively go out and find these NGOs, or did these NGOs proffer their services? It, from what Professor Machorba said, and again, the report must be read carefully, it was a bit of both. Some NGOs were approached by the, or seemed to have been approached by the Department of Health and said, uh, would you be willing to take patients? Uh, and some NGOs proffered their services. But what Professor Machorba did say in his report, that of the 27 NGOs, not one had a valid license to care for people with mental and psychiatric illnesses. Let me repeat, not one out of the 27 NGOs. And most of the people who died, died in five of those NGOs where they were treated grossly, uh, subjected really to conditions that can only be described as torture from what the report says.
Given the responsibility of uh, the government and the health ombud also did speak about it, who should, in your view, ultimately take responsibility for this? It's a question we are asking our listeners as well. Well, when you go to a hospital that's run by the government, you place yourself in the care of the Department of Health and you go in there with certain rights to be cared for properly, to be cared for with dignity, to have your privacy respected. So there's no doubt that responsibility in law lies and lie nowhere else than with the government and with the Department of Health. There's, there's no other person who can be responsible for this. These were people in the care of the public health service. So ultimately, who would that be? Would it be the former health MEC? Would it be the Minister of Health? Would it be uh, the whole system as a whole? Well, I have to say, you know, these are sometimes complex legal questions, and they're questions that Section 27 will be looking at carefully over the the next few days. So I can't give you a definitive answer except to say that, you know, health, Responsibility for health is divided between national and provincial, but province has responsibility for running many hospitals, including this particular hospital, Life Esigemeni, and for the implementation of healthcare services. So the first responsibility, I believe, lies with the province. But I'm afraid to say that government as a whole cannot escape culpability. If there was more time to tell you, I could tell you that in the months before they started moving patients, we were doing our best to speak to the Premier, to speak to the health MEC, to alert a range of people with power to try to stop this. And we were not listened to. So the responsibility is a broad responsibility for for care. It's a failure of government in general and the health department in particular. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Mark Haywood. He's the executive director of Section 27. So we will be speaking to attorneys to find out in their view who do they believe uh, carries ultimate responsibility. Six minutes to five. Back to Rob for traffic update. Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road.